Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. COVID and its new variants gaining momentum across the country. How concerned should we be and what continuing steps should we all be taking? What should we be doing? And uh, is COVID gaining new strength and momentum? At a time the world has not nearly recovered from two years plus of pandemic reaction and restrictions. Dr. Neil Rao joins us, infectious diseases specialist, Halton Region, Ontario, assistant professor at the University of Toronto School of Medicine. Dr. Rao, thank you very much uh, for taking the time. So a uh, story that we've read and talked about a bit in the last hour, and that is the uh, the efficacy time for the COVID vaccines, 150 days. Uh, can, can you shed some light on that? Well, there is a recent Israeli study that came out in the New England Journal a few days ago that I think sheds light on this issue. I think the biggest issue that we have to remember, and the best optimistic story we have to remember, is that even if the vaccine doesn't stop infection, it still is preventing hospital admission and death. And even for people who get only three doses instead of four doses, if it's relatively recent that they got three doses, they still get a protection. So I think what we're starting to see is the longer you are since your last dose, be it three doses or four doses, you have a waning, dropping protection against the infection, but there still is a durable protection against hospital admission, except for a small group of people who have breakthrough infections who we target for that fourth dose. And that's not everyone. Okay, so someone who has received the two major doses or the main doses and then has received a booster shot, they are in relatively good shape. Relatively. I'll even add anybody who has had Omicron on top of being vaccinated, they're also in good shape. Okay. Whether they like to get it or not, if they got Omicron or its variant, the addition of natural immunity, even if they had two doses, is a pretty amazing thing to happen to in terms of protection. Uh, for how long? Let's go back to that number question. So how long? We don't know exactly how long you're protected from reinfection. It's starting to look like natural infection may actually protect you longer than vaccine. But what really matters is, are you protected from ending up in hospital? And it looks like that is durable, whether it's been three months, six months, or a year. Okay, Except so for a small group of people, like elderly people who are over 80, they need three or four doses. And if people have are on dialysis, there's a certain group of people, people with cancer, bone marrow transplant, they're a separate group. But I'm talking about the general population here. Mm -hmm. So uh, this new COVID uh, variant, what level of threat does it pose with BA1 and BA2 still circulating? You're talking about that XE one that everyone's XE, talking yes. about. Yeah. So... It depends how much hold it takes here before we get into our summer months, because we know that with the improving seasons for this part of the world, we get a drop in COVID activity. Now, XE might be the takeover variant when it comes to the fall. Can't say for sure. I think BA1, the original Omicron, and then BA2, the son of Omicron, those two have enough work to do, enough people to infect left, that they're going to do most of the infecting. And there is almost like a competition when one 
variant comes in, it out-competes the old one. It's, uh, I jokingly call these political parties that take on a new popularity, and then they wane, and then the new one comes in. But I don't think there's enough time left for Canada to see a lot of XE taking over. Because even when Delta showed up uh, you know, towards the summer months, we didn't get a big wave of it. It was the predominant virus that we were picking up, but the actual numbers were small. So I think there's a seasonality that drives this that we've learned now. And if we're going to have a problem with this XE, it's not going to be for this summer. It'll be for the fall. Uh, you and I have talked about uh, masks and schools, students. So the Ottawa Carlton District School Board is reinstating a mask policy for staff and for students until the local health authorities decide otherwise, even though the province of Ontario has dropped most mask requirements. What do you think of that? Well, I really don't like when people go rogue, uh, be they school boards or local public health authorities compared to what the province is saying, unless there's something really distinctive going on in Ottawa relative to the rest of the province, and there isn't. So this starts to become very confusing for people if one subgroup starts saying we really do need masks and everybody else doesn't. It, it gives mixed messaging and it makes uh, kids scared uh, going to school. It makes parents scared that their kids shouldn't go to school. And then those kids lose out on their education. And when people are of lower socioeconomic status, uh, it's even worse for them in terms of the impact of their kids not being educated. They don't have the parents at home to help educate them in place of the schooling. I think we have to be really careful going down that path. I do see that Stephen Lecce in Ontario, as the education minister said, not to do that, or basically didn't intervene and say it has to be mandatory. I think we should have more uh, uh, sort of synergy between public health authorities and school boards and what the province is saying at this stage in the pandemic. All right. So let's go back to the first points that you made. So you have the two main vaccinations and you have the booster. So let's hypothetical person has had three. Uh, and now there's the opportunity for a fourth one. What, what are your thoughts? Because I really want to ask you about this, because some people, maybe many people are saying, I've had enough, two vaccine doses and a booster dose already. I was told at the very beginning that two would do it. Now I've had three. Now they tell me I need a fourth one. What's your feeling on that? And what do you say to the person who says, you know, I've done my bit? You know, I think someone who says they've done their bit and they've already had Omicron, I don't think those people are at big risk unless they are over 80, maybe in a long-term care facility with a lot of frailty, or they've got these underlying diseases I discussed before. What I'm saying is very similar to what the National Advisory Committee on Immunization is saying. What I think is silliness is people think kids need three and four doses of this vaccine. I think at some point we have to live with this virus. The new sub-variants that come through, and we'll have more of them, do evade the immunity afforded by either the vaccine or by natural infection. So we're going to have many waves that will continue with these coronaviruses, uh, be they the old seasonal ones or be they the new COVID variants. And I, I think at some point we just have to accept there will be ebb and flow, and we can't stop this. And the belief in mass at a community level, it's a little bit religious. It's different from what we do in hospital, where we try to do it to prevent spread from healthcare workers to vulnerable patients. But believing that everyone running around in masks, uh, surgical masks or cloth masks, is going to really change the trajectory, I think is a bit of a myth. And we see we still had massive waves despite mask wearing. And on Ontario, we didn't go backwards and get everybody back in masks. And it's actually starting to fall. We're, you know, the wastewater signal 
which is a surrogate for testing everybody out there, is showing a fall in the rates of disease. It's not down yet, but it's falling or hit the peak. So we can't say that everything is driven by the mask wearing, it be it for school kids or be it for people in the community. Having stopped mask wearing is not the reason why we had a rise and fall from Omicron. In South Korea, they were all wearing masks. They still had a bad rise and fall from Omicron. They, and, and China has been following masking to the T, and they're even doing big lockdowns in Shanghai, and they're still having a big wave. So yeah, the belief that this stops everything is, is a little bit of a myth. And I there, nothing we should not do it. In Shanghai about how people are being treated. Um, who, are, who are locked down. <laughs> that's another story, isn't it? Yeah. So what about the antiviral medications like uh, Paxlovid? Uh, where do we stand with that? I understand that you, you know, you're supposed to use that if you show your first symptoms and it's supposed to help you from being hospitalized, maybe not prevent it, but reduce the, the chances. What about these antivirals? So, again, this has become the next lifeboat off the Titanic. You know, if you don't have three doses, you need four doses. Now, if you don't have this drug, you're missing out on something. We've handled this virus before we have this drug available. Now, there is a subgroup of people who hit that sweet spot with mild disease, but they are vulnerable to doing badly, even though they got the vaccine. So people over 80 or on dialysis, that kind of thing. For those people, I think this is a good option. You have to get it within five days of symptom onset. The province has done a better job in Ontario of making it available at certain pharmacies. It used to be very hard to get your hands on. And at least it's not an intravenous drug that we were using for some people, those monoclonal antibodies. So I see some value, but all of the studies done with that drug were on people who weren't vaccinated. So it looked really good in that group. But when it comes to people who have had the vaccine already, it gives some protection, but I don't really know how much it is. And I don't think we should oversell it. And we shouldn't give people the impression that if they don't get their hands on the drug, they're doomed. Because most people, once they've had the vaccine, will do well. This drug should be reserved for people who are really going to be prevented from landing in hospital, because that's the goal of these drugs. We can't stop the virus now. And also, people shouldn't think that by taking the drug, they can prevent the virus. It's not for that. It's for treatment once you've got it to prevent you from crashing through the windshield. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.